Ashley Brock reading Diane Palmer's book, Calhoun, Chapter 3. Abby ate a solitary meal. Justin was called to the phone shortly after they got home, and he told Maria to put his dinner on a tray so he could eat it while he watched the movie he bought. Calhoun had come home to change for his date, and Abby had made a beeline for her room and stayed there until after he left. She didn't even care how he... It looked. She was sick at the thought of Calhoun with some faceless blonde. That was when she knew she had to break out, even if she just, even if just for the evening. She hadn't started. She hadn't started out to rebel, but she couldn't sit home and watch the movie with Justin. She'd never hear a word of it. She just brooded about Calhoun. She got dressed in slacks and a blouse and brushed her hair. Then she called Misty. How do you feel about helping me rebel? She asked the old woman. Missy laughed huskily. You're lucky my date canceled out. Okay, I'm game. What are we rebelling against? Calhoun caught me at the ravine last night and dragged me home. And today he... Well, never mind. But he set me off again. So tonight I thought I'd like to sample the new dance bar in Jacobsville. Now that is an idea worthy of you, Abby. I'll pick you up in 15 minutes. I'll be ready. Abby ran downstairs, giving no thought at all to how Calhoun was going to react to this latest rebellion. Well, he had his woman, damn him, horrible pictures of him, bronze body in his bronze body in bed with a faceless blonde danced in front of Abby's eyes. No, she told herself she wasn't going to let Calhoun's actions hurt her like that. She was going to get out and live. She poked her face poked her head into the living room. Cigarette smoke drifted in front of the screen on which men in uniforms were blowing each other up. I'm going out with Misty, she told Justin. He glanced up from where he was sitting. His long legs were crossed over the coffee table, and he had a sniffer of brandy in one hand and a cigarette in the other. Okay, honey, he said, agreeable. Stay out of trouble, will you? You and Calhoun are hell on the digestive lately, and he doesn't seem to need much excuse to go go for your throat. I'll behave. Misty and I are just going to that new dance place. I'll be good, honest. I will. Good night. Good night. He went back to the bullets and bombs, and she closed the door with a sigh. Justin was so nice. He never tried to hog tie her either. Now, why couldn't Calhoun be like that? She felt murderous when she considered Calhoun's possessiveness. She was entitled to a life that didn't revolve around him. There was just no sense in wearing her heart out on his taint of indifference. None at all. Misty came ten minutes later. Thank God Calhoun didn't reappear. With a sigh of relief, Abby ran out to Misty's little sports car. Sports car? All smiles, her breaking heart carefully concealed from her all-too-perspective girlfriend. It was Friday night, and the Jacobs Dance Palace was booming. It had a live western band on the weekends, and while it did serve hard liquor, wasn't the kind of dive Calhoun had forbidden her to frequent. Not that she cared one whit about his strictures, of course. Abby glanced apprehensively toward the doorway, across the crowded room where cigar and cigarette smoke made a gray haze under bright lights. The band's rhythm shook the rafters. Couples danced on the bare wood floor, the men in western gear, and the women in jeans and boots. Calhoun won't know you're here, I tell you, Missy laughed softly. Honestly, it's ridiculous the way he dogs your footsteps lately. That's what I keep telling him, but it does no good at all, Abby replied miserably. I just want to get out on my own. I'm doing my best, Missy Shirter. Any day now, I'll have some new apartment prospects for us to look at. I've got a real estate agent helping. Good, Abby sipped her drink, trying not to notice the blatant stare she was getting from the man at the next table. He'd been eyeing her ever since she and Misty had walked in, and he was giving her the willies. He looked about Calhoun age. 
Calhoun's age, but he lacked Calhoun's attractive masculinity. This man was dark-headed and had a beer belly. He wasn't much taller than Abby, but what he lacked in height he made up in girth. He had a cowboy hat pulled low over his small eyes, and he was obviously intoxicated. He's staring at me again, Abby muttered. She lifted her grin, her gin and tonic to her lips, wondering how much better it tasted every time she took a sip. She hated gin, but Missy had convinced her that she couldn't sit at the table drinking ginger ale. Don't worry, Missy patted her arm. He'll give up and go away. There's Tyler. Hi, Ty. Tyler Jacobs was tall and rangy looking. He had green eyes and an arrogant smile, and Abby was a little afraid of him. But he didn't carry his wealth around on his shoulders as some rich men did, and he wasn't a snob, even though the town of Jacobsville took his name from his grandfather. Hello, Misty. Abby. Tyler pulled out a chair and straddled it. What are you doing here? Does Calhoun know? He asked quietly. Abby shifted restlessly in the chair and raised her glass to her lips again. I am perfectly capable of drinking a drink if I want to, she said, enunciating carefully because her tongue suddenly felt thick. And Calhoun doesn't own me. Oh, my God. Tyler sighed. Give Misty a rueful glance. You're doing, I gather. Misty blinked her long, false lashes at Tyler and her blue eyes shingled. I provided transportation. That's all. Abby is my friend. I'm helping her to rebel. <sighs> You'll help get her killed if you aren't careful. Where's Calhoun? He asked Abby. Out with one of his harems, she said with a mocking smile. Not that I mind, as long as he's out of my hair for the evening, she added carelessly. <sighs> he dragged her out of line at the mail ravine last night at the Jacobsville Theater, Missy explained. We're getting even. Tyler says one. You tried to see a mail strip show, Abby. Abby glared at him. Where else do you expect me to get educated? Calhoun wants me to wear diapers for the rest of my life. He doesn't think I'm old enough to go on dates or walk across the street alone. <laughs> You're like a kid's sister to him, Tyler said, defending his friend. He doesn't want you to get hurt. I can get hurt if I like. Abby grumbled, her eyes closed. She was feeling worse by the second, but she couldn't let on. Tyler was bad as the Ballinger's brothers. He'd have her out of here like a shot if he thought she was sick. What are you drinking? Tyler asked, staring at her glass. Gin and tonic, she replied overnight. Want some? I don't drink, honey. Tyler reminded her with a slow smile. Well, I've got to pick up Shelby at the office. She had to work late tonight. Watch out for Abby, Misty. Of course I will. Sure you won't stay and dance with me? Misty asked. Tyler got up, his eyes worried as they trailed over Abby's wing face. Sorry, I don't usually have to get Shelby, but her car was in the shop today. They didn't finish with it. Lucky Shelby to have a brother like you. Abby Momo. I bet you don't have a kamikaze pilot fly behind her when she goes to work or a gang of prize fighters to walk her home after dark or a whole crew of off-duty policemen to feed off her suitors. Oh, boy. Tyler sighed. Don't worry. Missy told her she's fine. She just miffed at Calhoun, that's all. Although, how anybody could get upset... At a dishy man like that being so protective, dishy isn't a word I'd use to describe Calhoun. Dishy isn't a word I'd use to describe Calhoun. If he finds Abby like that and thinks you're responsible for it, Tyler cautioned. Have you ever seen him get angry? Missy pushed back her curly hair uncomfortably. Justin's temper is worse, she reminded him. Tyler lived in Iowa. Don't be so sure. They're cut from the same cloth. He touched Abby's horn. Don't drink any more of that. He just a turd Whatever you say, Ty, Abby said smiling. Good night. Yeah, good night. He waved and left him there. I wonder what he was doing here, Missy said puzzled, since he doesn't drink. 
He may have been looking for somebody. Abby murmured. I guess a lot of cattlemen congregate around here on the weekends. This stuff was pretty good, Misty. She had to take another ship. You promised you wouldn't, she was reminded. I hate men, Abby said. I hate all men. I especially hate Calhoun. Misty chewed her lower lip worriedly. Abby was staring, starting to tie one on, and that wasn't at all what Misty had in mind. I'll be back in a minute, honey. She promised and got up to go up to Ty. She had a feeling she was going to need his help to get Abby to the car, and now was the time to do it. The minute she left, the burly, intoxicated man who'd been watching Abby for the past hour seized his opportunity. He sat down next to her, his small, pale eyes running hungrily over. Alone at last, he joked. My gosh, you're a pretty thing. I'm Tom. I live alone, and I'm looking for a woman who can cook and clean and make love. How about coming home with me? Abby gave to him. I don't think I heard you. If you're here with your girlfriend, you've got to be out looking for it, honey. He laughed drunkly. And I can sure give it to you. So how about it? He put his pudgy finger hand on her arm and began to caress it. Nice. Come here and give old Tom a kiss. She pulled, he pulled her toward him. She protested violently and in the process managed to knock her drink over onto him. Cursed a blue streak and stood up, holding her by the wrist. Homicide in his drunken eyes. You did that on purpose, he shot at her. You soaked me deliberately. Well, let me tell you, lady, no broad, poorly girl man gets away with it. Abby felt even sicker. He was hurting her wrist, and there was a deathly hush around him. She knew that most people didn't involve themselves in this kind of conflict. She couldn't fight this man and win, but what else was she going to do? She wanted to go. Let her go. The voice was deep, slow. Dangerous, and best of all, familiar. Abby caught her breath as a tall, heavenly-built blonde man came toward her, his dark, deep-set eyes on the man who had Abby's wrist. He was in a gray-vested suit and a dressy cream-collar Stetson and boots. But Abby knew the champions of civilians' last company wouldn't save this Rudy suit. Cretan if he didn't turn her loose. Abby had seen Cowan lose his temper, and she knew how hard he could hit when he did. What's she to you? The drunken cowboy demanded. My ward. Cowan caught the smaller man's wrist in a hard grasp and twisted. The man groaned and went down, holding his hand and cursing. Hey, you can't do that to Tom. One of the man's cronies protested, standing up. He was almost Calhoun's size and a lot rougher looking. Want to make something out of it, Sonny? Calhoun asked in a soft drawl that was belled by the dark glitter in his eyes. You bet I do. The younger man threw a punch, but he was too slow. Cowan's big fist put him over a table. He reached down and picked up the Stetson that the man's blow had connected with and looked around the room as he ran his fingers through his thick, silky blonde hair. Anybody else? He invited pleasantly. Eyes turned the other way, and the band started playing again. Then Calhoun looked down at Abby. She smiled. Hi! She said, turned to smile. I thought you were out on a date. He didn't say a word, but his glittering eyes told her every single thing he was feeling. He wouldn't admit for a minute that his dinner date was strictly business, or that he expected something like this after the argument he and Hattie had had. She was giving him fits, but he didn't like, didn't let his expression show how concerned he really was. Did you see Misty? She asked overly. Lucky for her, no, he said in a tone that could have boiled ice water. Get your purse. She fumbled on the chair beside her for it. Weak and shaky, he had a gift for intimidating people. 
She thought watching him slam his Stetson over his eyes at a slant. The men were picking themselves up off the floor, didn't seem anxious to tangle with him twice. It was amazing, she thought, how unruffled he looked for a man who'd just been in a fight. He caught her arm and propelled her out of the barn into the night air. Misty and Ty were standing just outside, both looking faintly apprehensive. It wasn't all my fault, cow. Misty began in a subdued town, counting out her coldly. You know what I think of this so-called friendship, and I know the reason behind it, even if she doesn't. Abby was puzzled by that remark. The cold, level-looking Calhoun's dark eyes and the uncomfortable uncomf flush in Misty's pretty face didn't add up. I'd better go get Shelby, Ty said quickly. I was going to offer to take Abby home, but under the circumstances, I'm a bit relieved that you came along, he took out. If Justin finds out you were in the same room with her, there'll be hell to pay, Cal agreed. But thanks all the same. Turned Abby towards Jaguar. I assume you rode into town with your girlfriend. He added, We came in Misty's car. Abby murmured. She felt weary and a little sick. Now she really looked like a child with all the, co the concerned adults making a fuss over her. Tears burned in her eyes, which she was careful to keep hidden from the angry man beside her. Honest to God, he muttered as he put her in the passenger seat and went around to get into the driver's seat. I don't know what the hell is wrong with you lately. Last night I find you in a line at a male strip show. Tonight you're getting drunk and eyeing strange men in bars. I was not eyeing. That lewd creature, she said uncertainly. And you can't say I was justified his kind of comments. I'm not wearing anything that's the least bit immodest, he glanced at her. You weren't a bar un unescorted. That's all the invitation that kind of man needs. She put his gaze on her, but she wouldn't look at him. She knew she'd cry if she did. She clasped her hands firmly in her lap and stared out the window and said as he started the, the car and headed for home. It was a long ride over. Deserted, paved roads and dirt ones that led past a huge feedlot and then uphill to the house, which sat on a level plain about three miles away. Do you want me to carry you? Yes, stiffly as he helped her out of the car and she stumbled. She pushed away from him as if she touched hot coals. No, thank you. He was making her more nervous than ever tonight. The scent of him filled her nostrils, all leathery and spicy and clean. She rubbed her eyes and walked as straight as she could toward the kitchen door. Are you going to sneak me in the back way so that Justin doesn't see me, she challenged. Justin told me where to find you, Cowling said as he put the key in the lock and opened the back door. He's still watching his war movie. Oh, she walked through the door he was holding over her. I thought you were on a date. Never mind where it was, he said quickly. My God, I really must have radar. She flushed. Thank God he couldn't see her face. She felt odd tonight, frightened and nervous, and a little unsure of herself. The gin had taken away some of her inhibitions, and she had to be careful not to let Calhoun see how vulnerable she felt when he came closer. She went ahead ahead of him, barely noticing the huge spotless kitchen with its modern conveniences, or the hall, or the monogamy, mahogany staircase began to climb. Behind the closed living room door, her bombs were going off in softly muted way, kidding that Justin's war movie was still in. Abby. She stopped, her back to him, trying not to show how nervous she felt. He was behind her, much too close. She could smell the fresh, clean scent of his body and the spicy clone. He wore, what's wrong, honey? He asked. His tone broke her heart. He used little things, a newborn kitten or a filly he was working for the first time. He used it with children. He used it with Abby the day her mother had died in the wreck. It had been Calhoun who found her and broken the news to her and then held her while she cried. It was the tone he used when someone, something was hurt. She straightened, trying hard to keep her back straight and her legs under control. 
that man, she began, unable to tell him. He was breaking her heart because he couldn't love her. Damn that drunkard. He turned her, his strong hands gentle on her upper arms, his dark eyes blazing down into hers. He was so big, and none of it was fat. He was all muscle, lean and powerful. Oh, man, you're all right, he said to Nothing happened. Of course not, she whispered miserably. You rescued me. You always rescue me. Her eyes closed and a tear started down her cheek. But hasn't it occurred to you that I'm always going to land in trouble if you don't let me solve my own problems? She looked at him and looked at him to her miss. You have to let go of me, she whispered huskily, and her eyes reflected her heart. You have to, Calhoun. There was a lot of truth in what she said. He didn't really know how to respond. He worried about her. The strange relentless restlessness of hers, this urge to run from him, wasn't like Abby. She was melancholy when for melancholy when for the past five years or more she'd been a vibrant, happy little imp, always laughing and playing with him, teasing him, making him laugh. She couldn't know how somber the house had been when she first come to live with him and Justin. Justin never laughed anyway. Justin never laughed anyway, and Cowan had come to be like him, but Abby had brought the sunshine. She called her the world. He scrawled down at her, wondering how she did it. She wasn't pretty. She was plain, and she was serious. She was serious a good bit of the time, but when she laughed, when she laughed, she was beautiful. His anchor drained. I wouldn't mind if you'd go to conventional places, he muttered. First, I catch you in line to watch a bunch of nude men parade around on stage. The very next night, you're drinking gin and tonic in a bar. Why? He asked, his, dis his deep voice soft with curiosity and concern. She shifted. I'm just curious curious about those things, she said finally. He searched her eyes. That isn't it, he replied, his own gaze narrowing, his hand shifting gently on her arms. Abby could feel the warmth through the fabric. Something's eating you alive. Can't you tell me what it is? She drew in her breath. She almost forgotten how perceptive he was. Seemed to see right through her to the bone and blood sometimes. She let her grace drop to his chest and she watched its lazy rise and fall under his gray vest. He was hairy under her shirt. She'd seen him once in a while on his way to or from the shower, and it had been all she could do not to reach out and run her hands over him. He had thick brown hair across his tan chest, and it had golden tips where it curled. There was a little wave in his thick blonde hair, not much, but enough that it was unruly around his ears. She let her gaze go up, feeding on him, laying her just above his dimpled chin at the thin but sensuous curve of his, of his upper lip and the faintly square chiseled fullness of his lower lip. He had a sexy mouth. His nose was sexy, too, very straight and imposing. He had high cheekbones and thick eyebrows and a jotting throat that shattered shattered his deep-set eyes. He had black eyes. Both the bounders did, but Calhoun was something to look at, and poor old Justin was a rangy-looking as a long-horned bull by comparison. Abby, are you listening to me? Calhoun murmured, shaking her gently because he faintly, her faintly intoxicated stare was setting his blood on fire. Her eyes leveled up to his, finding darkness in them, secrets, shadows. Her lips parted on a hopeless sigh. When Misty had told her last week about seeing him with some ravishing blonde up in Houston, he had knocked her for a loop, bringing home the true hopelessness of her situation. Cowan liked sophisticated women. He never looked twice at drab little Abby. Once Abby had faced that unpleasant fact, she'd been on a one-way road to misery. She'd been looking for an escape last night and tonight, but she couldn't find one. Wherever she turned, Callie was there, hounding her, not realizing how badly he was hurting her. What did you say? She asked miserably. She has her own fellow, roughly. It's hopeless trying to talk to you in this condition. 
go to bed. That's just where I was headed, she said. She turned and started up the staircase ahead of him, her eyes burning with tears that she was too proud to let him see. Oh, Calhoun, she moaned inwardly, you're killing me. She went into her room and closed the door behind her. She almost locked it, but realized that would be a joke and a half. Locking a door against Calhoun was a hilarious idea. He did soon come looking for a lady vampire as to look at Abby with a morose intent. She started laughing as she went into the bathroom to bathe her face, and she almost couldn't stop. End of chapter 3.